Welcome mamas. Welcome back to another episode of the Working Mama podcast. Today I have with me Tash Guthrie, which they call her the time creator. She is a productivity mentor and the visionary behind the time creator planner podcast and soon to be membership. I'm very excited about this membership because I'm also on the same tribe masterclass with her. So welcome Tash. Thanks, Karina. Hi, everyone. And thank you so much for having me on your podcast. It's exciting. My pleasure. We're, you're a fellow working mother, aren't you? Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> and wearing many, many hats. You're a very busy person. So I can't wait to get stuck into it. So how would you best describe yourself? Oh, when I prepared for this question, I found this actually really challenging because like you said, I do wear all the hats uh, and have lots of roles and I just stripped it down to just, I think, who I am uh, from the heart. And I actually came up with the words dreamer and doer. And that's how I would really describe myself. And I think as we have this chat today, that might become really evident in many ways Uh, about how that sort of has come about. But I've always been that person that has been able to dream into the future about what do I want life to look like or how do I want to be or feel or do, but also then take the actions to make those things happen or be open to uh, the intuitive path of making those things happen. So I would describe myself as a dreamer and a doer. Oh, I really look forward to getting into the chat. So... (laughs) How, so if you talk about goals and, and that, how, what's been your pathway to where you've got to today? I think it's been really intuitive, like I said. I, um, I'll go back to um, where this business path sort of started to get to here. And it actually goes back to around 11 years ago, around 2009, Uh, I'm a primary school teacher, have been for 15 years and during that time just really wanted something to work on that was a passion project and something to free me up from sometimes the constraint of what education is like and how overwhelming it can become as a teacher if you don't choose to have something extra to work on. So I actually started out a business in network marketing, which a lot of people do transition into as their first business. It's a really safe way to get business skills because you are walking into a company that is established and you know credible and has lots of systems and things in place. And as that time went on, uh, I started to grow my own business on the side. So I actually had a an award-winning events business in Byron Bay from 2010 onwards. And then along came baby. <laughs> <laughs> so this is where the journey really start, started for me. Um, I found transitioning from zero to one baby extremely challenging. And I like a lot of first-time mums had a lot of naive thoughts around what motherhood would be like. But then when I added on the layers of being a teacher and a business owner and a mother, this is where the pressure started to really come in. Uh, I found there was a lot of expectations that I had put upon myself. I don't know whether they'd come from society or whether they'd come from me uh, about what working motherhood should look like. And it looked a very short story. It just downward spiraled pretty quick pretty quick to one day where I had 
a pile of unpaid invoices, staffing, a screaming newborn in the next room. And I'm in the laundry on the floor crying because I couldn't even get the washing on the line. And I think that was the moment. <laughs> Every mum <laughs> you know has all, those moments. Yep. It, and we all have the moment. I think when you go, if I don't do something now about this, this is going to be a really, really bad road to go down. Yeah. You've so, got that fork of choices. Yeah. And that's, that's really where I think um, everything spun off to where I am now because it was a very much a reset moment in my life. This is not working. Um, this baby will not stop screaming. <laughs> I should be. And uh, should is a very interesting word. I should be with her cuddling, but I've got these things, these responsibilities. And yeah, it just turned to pot pretty quick um, at that moment. So that's where I had to make some decisions around what I wanted my work to look like with motherhood and how I wanted to use my time and how I wanted to use it effectively so that I could be all of the things I wanted to be and still be true to me uh, and also be the best mum I could possibly be. So that's sort of where the journey started. Cool. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and from there, working on my time management became a really big focus and knowing how I was going to use the small pockets of time I had between naps and how I was going to uh, engage the support of the people around me was really key. And from there, I started to create my own planner. And it was, when I say my own planner, I don't mean the the copy that you see now on Instagram that I have. I mean, I had a notebook that I would rule up into a schedule and a to-do list for the day. And then down the bottom, I would just have a scribble of notes around other things I could possibly plan to make my life easier. So in some way I had sketched in a notebook, uh, the very primitive version of the planner that I have today. And it is the thing that really kept me sane throughout all of those early months and running a business and teaching as well once I'd gone back. Um, and that's the journey to pretty much now. <laughs> that's just evolved <laughs> and continued. <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of new mums can really relate to that of it's overwhelmed. There's, as I often say, there's no guidebook into being a new mum. You've got oh, gosh, no. no idea. It's like as a teacher, you do years of study and there's continuous professional development. There's none of that for a mum. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> and I wonder if that made it harder for me knowing that, you know, I have such control in a classroom and I am so organised in a classroom and planned and I know what I'm teaching and uh, there's a behaviour management expectation where children are very respectful if you set it up right. I was very fortunate. Um, but then when you have this newborn, they don't, they don't do those things. <laughs> <laughs> they don't. They don't have that respectful nature. They just as they are. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's it's something we all can attest to. It's that feeling of control. And even like recently with COVID, yes. that it's, you know, our life has been a little bit out of control and it's about holding on to and harnessing what we can have and we yes. know is, is what it is. So I think every Absolutely. new mum can really, it's, it's really stripping it back to that core. Um, mm. And then for you, obviously that organisation was was part of that, that control yeah absolutely so as you say working mums we're time poor overwhelmed stress and also society pressures um as you said how can really 
planning and as you said each day ruling up your notebook to-do list and what you want to do as goals how important really is that Look, it certainly made the world a difference to me and I just want to acknowledge the pressures that mums have because we wear so many things as women. The responsibilities and overwhelm is so real. The mummy guilt is so real and I think a lot of it comes from things we think we should be doing uh, rather than what we want to do. And when it comes to creating time and using planning as a tool, Doing that and having a practice of doing that regularly, I think, is what helps us to know what's important in our lives. It actually is the practice of getting to know what is really important for us. So creating time stems from knowing what's important and then planning from there rather than trying to do and be all of the things, actually looking at what's important to us as individuals or us as a family um, and not compare ourselves to other people's families and not compare ourselves to what Jane down the road's doing. It really is about getting clear about what is important to us. Yes. That's the main thing. Yep. Um, the beauty of planning, however you do it, and I know we're going to get into some more conversation around different ways to plan, but I think that... Planning however you do it helps to create a bit of a visual representation or a snapshot of what your life is actually looking like right now. Um, when you look at your plan, you know, is it reflective of the kind of life that you want to have and why or why not is that the case? And it helps us to have a look at what our values are and our responsibilities and also how much time we're spending on joy, joyful activities and things like that. Are those in there? And I think the best way to start when we're looking at planning and maybe we're new to it or maybe we don't feel we're very good at it is just to start small with a very general overview of what our week or what our day is going to look like so that we can get a good look at it and go, is this what we really want? So, yeah, it's a good question around that. Where do you start? Because I know some people just feel like their life is chaos Mm. and don't know like oh it's just all too hard I'm just going to keep going through the slog because that's all I know where can we start so is it just sitting down grab a cup of tea or a cup of coffee and just starting to write things down for the week I think it does start with something where a, a space where you have to create the time to just sit first of all and have no distractions. So um, a lot of people go, well, I don't even have time to do that because I'm really busy. And if I take time out to plan, well, I'm not going to keep getting things done. But it is that laundry floor moment where you've just got to say, I'm ready now to make a change. And maybe instead of binge watching Netflix for one night, you sit down for an hour of that evening and you just do a bit of a reset on things and make a bit of a plan. And the easiest way I think to start is just to grab yourself a monthly calendar and fill in all, all of the places you have to be at different times, like put your schedule in first and foremost into a month and then look at it from there. Because when you get a bigger overview and a bigger snapshot, it just makes it a little bit easier then to break it down into smaller parts so I'd say rather than starting with a to-do list, I would start with a monthly snapshot of your responsibilities. And then put in all the kids' activities and, and all that yep. as well. And I guess as we're all now coming those. as we're coming out of ISO, it's a it's a good time to probably reevaluate um, how you're Absolutely. spending your time. Yeah, COVID's been a very sneakily 
good for us <laughs> in a way that, <laughs> that we're not on the hamster wheel. We probably once were six months ago where we were just constantly going from activity to activity or to-do list, to-do list. It just has given us a chance to step back and breathe a little bit because we haven't had as much on our plates socially, um, you know, so we can take that time now to go, all right, moving forward, what is important or what do we really need to do now? Yeah. And you spoke uh, just before about that visual snapshot and the life that you want to have. How, if you're on that hamster wheel and you're thinking, what's then some good steps and strategies that we can take to really visualizing what is that life? You know, as you're saying, post COVID, it's had a good opportunity to really say what is important to us and then Mm -hmm. what do we want to get out of, you know, the next couple of years? Yeah, it is a really good opportunity to do that. And I think it just comes from a place of within of being honest with yourself. Asking what it is that we want is actually a really daunting question. <laughs> if you went and asked anyone, what what is it that you really want? They're going to go, uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's a few layers um, down that they'll know in their head, but actually saying it out loud will be something different. Yeah, Absolutely. I Denise Duffield Thomas once spoke about this in one of her books. She talked about be, do and have. What do you want to be? What do you want to do? What do you want to have? And I think there are three really good things to ask yourself because it just gives you a bit of a categoric, categorical way of looking at things. Um, yeah, so you can sort of break it down from there, getting yourself a vision and, and going from there. It's, it's very tricky. It's very yeah. hard to know what you want. No, you don't know what you want. Yeah, it's always hard to start somewhere. Mm. So when you talk a bit as well about planning, even around the mm-hmm. thing you would have, what, are, what should we plan? Is it just about the activities or are there other things that were in our lives that we can also plan as well? Planning is, is such a personal thing and you could plan nothing to almost every minute of your day if you really wanted to. I mean, I don't recommend doing that at all. But, uh, you know, it's uh, it, um, there's so many different ways to approach it. And the, the thing I can probably say to start with is time blocking. So I sort of talked about that a little bit before. When we want to start planning, the part of our lives we should probably look at is the snapshot of our must-dos. So what are the things that we must do in our week? So for me, it's things like, well, I know that I'm going to be teaching from 8 a.m. till 4.30 p.m. In, at school on those grounds Monday to Friday. So that's a massive time block out of my day. Then if you add in your children's activities, as we start coming out of COVID, you know, there's going to be birthday parties and there's going to be all those things that we have to do, um, different appointments that you have, so appointments with accountants or Uh, any of those professionals, doctors' appointments, I think starting with blocking out that time probably is the best way to start with your planning because then you can add the other elements in later. And the other elements are things like um, meal planning or cleaning or the way that you outsource certain things. They are more advanced planning strategies. So I think starting with the simple where do I have to be and when is is a good way to start. Yeah. And how important um, do you find meal planning? I know in my experience, I actually, for me, meal planning is quite a a control element of, yep, I know what I'm doing Mm. each day and I don't have to feel rattled at five o'clock. What am I going to feed everyone? Uh, Yes. How's been, do you meal plan and do you find that useful? 
Absolutely. And I think it was easier before I had children. We didn't have to meal plan because we could just duck down to the shop or whatever. (laughs) Um, But since having children, we've certainly found that, especially working, both being working parents, that if we don't know in advance what we're going to be cooking and if we don't have all of the ingredients that we need, it's going to cause stress at that most critical time of our day where our children are exhausted and over it and so are we. So it's, it doesn't help anyone not to be organised, I think, when it comes to meals. And we've since moved, we've been six years on a rural property now, so we just don't have coals down the road five minutes. It is literally a 15-minute trip into town and then a 15-minute. So it's an hour round trip to go and get anything that we really need. So I think meal planning is really important and it's the one thing that you can do once a week that can actually save you so much time and stress in the future. And I often say to people, with certain things you can plan ahead, think of your future self and respect her because if you can do that, you're going to thank yourself so much every single day. Oh, that is actually such a good way of looking at it as well. Yeah. And same with the cleaning or anything. If you've got something you can plan ahead to save, to think about your future self and respect her and to make it easier for her. I think that's just ding, 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 winning all the way around. Uh, I remember the day that I, it's about probably six months ago, the first time we had a cleaner, when she was here, I literally felt that weight drop off my mm-hmm. shoulders. It was amazing. The last few months we haven't had it because of COVID, and uh, yeah, this weekend I'm thinking, right, I need to text her when she's coming back. Uh, yep. Because just that extra stress is just building up. And I don't want to spend my weekends cleaning. I'd rather spend it with my husband and us and our son. So yeah, Absolutely. it's definitely looking of yeah, your future self and how's that going to help you? Yeah, we did. Uh, we used to have a cleaner fortnightly and we looked at it financially. Like I was like, I will pay you whatever like just whatever. And my husband was like, no, 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 no. We could be putting that money somewhere else. Uh, We actually renegotiated and have her come three monthly to do a spring clean. So what that means for me is that I'm doing floors every day, but that's okay. Uh, I'm doing bathrooms weekly, all of those things. But when she comes, she gets into like the window tracks and does the windows and does the oven and inside, you know, like just all of those things that I don't want to spend my time doing those things. I'm happy to do all the basic things and keep it moving along, but that's the kind of thing that you can look at going, okay, what will my future self thank me for? Yeah. That's one of those things. Yeah. I definitely, definitely. Mm. And do you use your, um, the planner to, to do that? Uh, Is there other tools, apps that people can use as well to help with scheduling? Definitely. And it does come down to what kind of planner you are. Some people are electronic planners and they want everything on their phone and they want it to sync and they want all of those things. Um, I am not that person. I'm a paper person and I've got my planner. So in the Time Creator Planner, which is my planner, I created it so that I could literally fill in all the boxes in my life. So I've got a cleaning section on every day, meal plan, um, all of the exercise, self-care, all of those things. So for me, I think it's important to know what things I need to plan for and fill those in every day. 
Um, there's, but there's so many different kinds of planners out there as well. There are weekly planners, daily planners, monthly planners. There are business planners. There are life planners. Um, so many different things. And I think firstly, you just have to acknowledge what kind of planner you are and then what it is you actually want your planner to do. And for some people, they just want appointments. For some people, they want a to-do list. So, I mean, the, op- the options are endless for planners. Yeah, and no, my- definitely. Yeah, my husband and yeah. I, even before we had kids, use a Google Calendar that we've synced yes. with both our phones. And that is such a lifesaver that we both can look at the calendar and go, right, we're busy or we're free and we can commit to appointments, say so catch-ups with friends. Uh, which has definitely helped our organisation and also our communication between the two of us. Um, so mm. I, I swear by my Google, my shared calendar with my husband. Oh, absolutely. Now we've got a calendar, but it's not an electronic calendar. It's just in our kitchen. Um, and it took a lot of training. Yeah. <laughs> Good old hubby. Um, he didn't listen very well at orientation the first time, <laughs> but because he, he slowly he slowly learned that if it's not on that calendar, it ain't happening. So he's, that's now he's in a really good habit of checking that. But I then also have my daily planner that I can, uh, you know, do more of the specific planning. One thing I find that people do um, that does not serve them and is not good for them is they micromanage their time. So you can have any type of planning system that you want, but if you get down to trying to micromanage every half hour increment of your life, it's not going to, to end very well. You, you do end up quite overwhelmed with too much planning. Yeah. I guess it's really like, as they say, the funnel that's feeding everything in and then also seeing what works. Definitely. Yeah. And do you use, in terms of a productivity perspective, I've heard of things like the Pomodoro technique. Yeah. Do you find that useful as well? Definitely. I, ha- Depending on what tasks I have, if I've got a deadline for something, Pomodoro is fantastic, which is where you might work for 20 to 25-minute chunks at a time with a specific task or goal in mind and then you have a little five to 10-minute break before resuming. So I find that when I've got a deadline for something, that is a really effective productivity tool to use. Um, Mostly though, what I do is chunk my week out. uh, Even though I'm a daily planner, I do chunk my week out in terms of my evenings. So on Monday and Wednesday evenings is my time to work on my business. So if I've got Uh, maybe at the moment I'm looking at my new covers and internal design of the planner for 2021. That's where most of my Monday and Wednesday nights are going. Thursday nights I tend to just have with Tim and the kids uh, and lounge around and do the whole TV and wine thing. Uh, And Tuesday nights we always have my mum for dinner because she helps to pick up my children from school and daycare on that day. So we feed her. So I've actually got my more of my time planned out into tasks or what's the word um categories i suppose of of things that i would do during that time so that i'm not trying to do everything at the same time if you know what i mean no it's it's definitely a a good way of looking at it particularly as a working mom with a small business on the side wearing lots of different hats as well Mm, absolutely and that's my the biggest thing I see women doing to themselves is trying to do everything at the same time just designate specific time for for specific tasks and just do that thing yeah and I think also from a mental perspective that helps you focus yes Um, I was reading something 
uh, a couple of days ago that if you're actually watching TV and trying to work on the computer, you're actually not doing anything right. Like it's not, mm-hmm. it's not doing it not right, but you're actually not focusing on that task at hand. So by doing that one focus, you're mentally also focusing on, on that and then probably going to actually do a better job of it as well. Absolutely. If you've got friends going in the background or (laughs) you're kind of there, you're not really effectively doing what it is you're supposed to be doing. So I totally agree with that. Yeah. Fantastic. So as we're coming out of COVID, how can people now start helping get their lives back into a bit of a routine and schedule considering the last few months have been throw all the balls up in the air and see what sticks Mm. And how can also planning play a role in that and giving us some form of control uh, and routine as we get back into our, I put in inverted commas, new normal? Our new normal. That's And it is a new normal. I think that's really important to acknowledge, as we were talking about before, this is an opportunity for you to go forward with a life you really want and to use your time in a way that you want. You do not have to fall back into old habits or old expectations that you may have had for yourself or that someone else has had for you. This is an opportunity to wipe the slate clean, so to speak, and design it the way you want it. And it is an opportunity if we go back to be, do and have before you do anything, just establish those things for you and your family so that you can plan effectively for that and not fall into the habit of people pleasing and not being able to say no and over committing yourself again because I think one of the things we've really established is that we don't want to go back to that kind of crazy. We don't want to go back to meeting everyone else's expectations before our own. So I would suggest when you're starting to come out of this COVID ISO time and you're coming back to your new normal, dust your planner off or get a calendar out or just print something off the internet or grab yourself a Google calendar, do something that works for you and just start putting in the things that are important. Your schedule, where you need to be at certain times and go from there. Yeah. And what do you think about, this is just something that's popped into my head, about, as you said, your your life that you want. Do you reckon it's, what do you think about vision boards and even having your own personal motto and making that front and centre and present for others as well to see, yep, this is a life I want and actually not forgetting that as we're coming out of ISO, reevaluating the life that we want. Mm. I'm actually then putting that uh, as a reminder. No, we actually want to work towards this. Yeah, big fan, big fan of all of those visual tools because it also helps to keep you on track when you start getting muddied in the busyness of everything. Again, it helps bring you back. One of the things that I always do every year is have a word of the year. And look, that word might change. We've had obviously a lot of different things happening in the world at the moment. But, you know, my word was create for 2020. Last year, it was the word less. And I think having some sort of focus that you can come back to to remind you of what you really want is really important. Um, Vision boards have been very effective for me in the past. I don't do one every year, but on the years I have, they've been an incredible tool to keep me focused on the longer term vision. Um, And it makes it easier to go, well, no, I'm going to say no to that because it doesn't fit with what I'm looking at here. It's not going to get me closer to what I want. So, yeah, no, I think having a visual is really important and sharing that with the people in your family or who matter the most to you 
is really effective in making sure that you get there in the end. Fantastic. And Mm. so what are, do you have some tips for working mums to help gain more time and have better balance? Because I know you've also written a blog around some of these as well. Oh, definitely. So I actually uh, just want to take an opportunity to throw work-life balance to the side for a minute. And I refer to it as work-life harmony. And I know some people like to call it balance. Some people like to call it harmony. Integration. Um, There's a lot of different words thrown around. The juggle. Yeah. Harmony feels really right to me because it means that we can be really fluid and flexible through all of our different responsibilities in the areas of our life. And there are five key pillars to work-life harmony that I've established that keep me really focused. If I can be making sure I'm doing all of these five things, it really helps keep me in check. And I'll share them with you now. They're self-care for self, systems, self-development, support, and scheduling. They're the five things uh, that if you can practice regularly can help keep you in check with that work-life harmony or work-life balance. And my three tips would actually, and they all stem from these five things. The first one is to prioritise. So know what's important in the day ahead. What are the one to three things that are your absolute priorities today that you know are going to move you closer to thanking your future self or moving closer to your goal or getting that little bit closer to your vision and prioritising on working those those things first. So rather than having a to-do list of 10 items and getting about doing half of them really badly or not finishing them, work out what are the one to three things that are the most important on that list and doing those things first. That's probably my first tip. It's um, if you can start to practice prioritising, it will change your life. Absolutely change your life. And one of those things needs to be prioritizing something for yourself and making sure that you are doing something for yourself every day. And it can be anything from the most luxurious facial experience to just simply having a shower on your own in peace and letting the water run. (laughs) It's few and far between. It doesn't have to be luxurious and expensive to just be for yourself. (laughs) Oh, no, I had a shower this morning on my own and it was heaven. Oh, I can imagine. As of for me, though, we've still got no hot water on day four. So we are sharing a caravan. So it's quite chilly getting out there. <laughs> a very quick shower. It's a very quick shower because that hot water system likes about four minutes. I think it's a, that's about all it's got. <laughs> but, you know, they're the things. Like you don't have to have big luxurious time for yourself. It can be in very small little five-minute chunks. So yeah. prioritise your tasks but prioritise yourself as well. My second tip is around creating a routine that will set you free. And we talked briefly about the meal planning before, but there are so many things that you can create a routine around in your life. Uh, One I'll share with you now is a really boring topic, but it's seriously, I don't think about this anymore. It's my laundry routine. (laughs) Um, My laundry routine is when we have showered every night, I put that washing machine on and then I hang the clothes out before I go to bed in the dark. Uh, My husband thinks I'm crazy uh, because then I don't have to do anything in the morning. They will dry through the day. And the first thing I do when I walk through the door is get all the lunch boxes and stuff unpacked. But then I go out and take the clothes off the line and I fold them at the line so that when I bring them in, I just have to put everyone's piles on the bed and everyone takes it to where they need to go. And then I repeat the process. We've had showers and the washing goes on and off I go again day after day after day. 
And it is just such clockwork that I don't ever go, oh, the washing. Like I never have stress around it because I've just made it part of my everyday routine. So creating routines is a great way to free up your time Mm. massively. Um, And the third thing is to ask for help. Um, Delegation and support is a very advanced time management strategy because there is a lot of mindset uh, involved in firstly relinquishing a bit of control or admitting that you might need some help or having to ask someone heaven forbid to do something for you because <laughs> it might <laughs> there might be a perception that we're not coping very well but asking for help is really important and leaning on your support network so for someone who has just basically clenched as i've said that uh you know have a think about is there someone that goes to a certain part of your town regularly uh, that could pick something up for you or drop something off for you so that you don't have to make a special trip. That might be something really simple that you could start with more of a convenience type support. Uh, But I think that the more we lean into asking for help and accepting help, it does free up our time and it's about community and helping each other and sharing. And once you let go and fall into that, it will change your life. I 100% agree. I think it's also the mentality that asking for help is actually a weakness, but really, in fact, it's such a strength by leaning into people because I think as well, the more you ask for help, the more you get people offering. And if you don't ask for help, you won't get offers for help. So you think that you're doing it all on your own, but it's actually Mm. quite liberating if you say, no, I will delegate that task of, picking up the child or picking up something for me, it does give you extra time and it's liberating and people want to help. Yeah, because we want to help people. So why would we assume others don't want to help us? That's yeah. a, it's a really interesting thing. And if you think about as working mums, so many of us are professional working mums and you have to think about your professional role. You are responsible for this set of tasks and you delegate. We're delegating all the time in our, in our workplaces. Even as a teacher, I've got a, an SLSO, which is a teacher's aide. Uh, it took a long time for me to utilise them to their full capacity because I felt like I had to do everything. But in the professional sense, I know that it makes sense to share the workload and to let people play to their strengths. And I don't have to battle through the things that aren't my zone of genius if there's someone else there who's willing to help me, who does love that or is good at that. So professionally, we nail it, but I think in our lives, we don't. No, I think we've actually almost got to have the mentality that we're the CEO of our families and we do need to delegate it out. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if we have that professional mindset in our home, that could change everything. I think so. Yes. Yeah. We'll also get the uh, sharing and the mental load a lot more. So that's probably flex work, a whole other topic. So, (laughs) So Tash... Do you apply all those strategies around multiple hats and that for managing your time to make sure you've got better balance? Um, because I, you sound like you've got the juggle and work-life harmony down pat. Do you? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> there are some days. It's just a fluid thing. Some days I nail it and other days I just think, what has happened? <laughs> what is this disaster? Um we, we have to understand that we can't control everything all the time. Things don't go to plan all the time. Children don't do what they're supposed to do all the time. 
Um, you know, so, you know, sometimes it doesn't work. But I think the thing I've learned to do is to work out what's really important to me and know what my primary hats are and what my secondary hats are. So as a pri- my primary hats are that I'm a teacher. That's my full-time job. That's what I'm paid to do every day. I'm a mum. So that's pretty important unpaid job. <laughs> yes. uh, you know, that's a big hat to wear. Um, you know, and the other one is my business. And they are the three primary hats. I mean, of course, there are lots of secondary hats. I'm on different committees and uh, community projects and things like that in my little village. Uh, obviously, you've got friendship circles and things like that. So we've got a lot of secondary hats. But for me, I just make sure that my weekly plan and my daily plan focuses on how I can do my primary roles better. And also I don't multitask. I, I really tried to stamp that out early. It was like trying to wash up and vacuum the floor at the same time. Like you just can't do it. It's a good analogy. Um, yeah. So when I'm with my kids, just be with my kids. Even if we were just watching some really crappy movie, like just sit with them, hug them, don't be on my phone as much, um, talk about what's happening, just be really present wherever I am. When I'm at school, obviously, I'm not doing the mum thing and I'm not doing any business work. I'm at school, that is my that is what that time is allocated for and that's where I am and that's where I'm present. And the same when I'm working on my business, even just now, I've uh, to be able to speak to you, I've initiated my support network, my husband's got those children you might not be able to hear them through this microphone, but I can, but they're busy and they're not here with me. <laughs> so I can be fully present with you and I'm not having to worry about what's happening there. So I think to be able to manage the juggle really well, it's just about knowing what's important and dedicating the uninterrupted time to the task that you need to do. What a fantastic way of summarising it. I think that's oh, going to give a lot of inspiration uh, to thank a lot you. of people. And so, Tash, you're a busy person, as we've just heard. What do you do to fill your cup? And I know that self-care was one of those five parts of uh, work-life harmony, as you said, so mm. for your cup for you. Uh, I'm a real seeker of filling my cup every opportunity. Um, I think that filling your own cup, and for me, it's about just being present in whatever it is that I'm doing, going, I'm doing this for myself. So if I do get that shower and no one comes into that bathroom, it's like such a treat. Uh, For me, I can just relax and just say to myself, this is time just for, I can reset before I go back out into the chaos of the the family. Uh, But really what I love to do is I love time alone. I I will seek it and grab it anytime I can. And I always make sure I get good sleep. So I sleep a good eight to 10 hours a night and I prioritise that because I know that I'm rotten if I've had less than about seven or eight hours of sleep. Like it's not, not pretty. Um, And it also exhausts me for all of the other, you know, what I've got to do the next day. So yeah, I am definitely want to prioritize my sleep. That's what I do to fill my cup. Fantastic. And Mm. so where can people connect with you? And I know that you've got some exciting things coming up. So do you want to give us a small overview and also how we can connect with you further and get the planner, of course. Yes, you've got to get the planner. The planner is an interesting, oh, it's been a bit of a stressful week. Um, <laughs> we, go, we go to print on Monday and Ooh. I'm just busy finalising the covers. I had planned to do two 
two covers decided to go with third cover. So this is actually my first official announcement on what they will be. <laughs> um, there is going to be a floral planner. There's going to be an abstract art planner. And there is also going to be a geometric slash art deco planner cover as well. So, um, yeah, so that's all happening at the moment. So the planner's happening. So you can actually join the wait list for the planner at uh, tashguthrie.com.au forward slash the time creator. And you can just pop your name down so that whenever I release any information about uh, when it's going to be released, you'll be the first to know. Uh, similarly, on my website, I have the waitlist for my membership open, which is at tashka3.com.au forward slash membership. And that is the Time Creator Momentum, which will be an incredible uh, community experience where you can learn how to create time through lots of different e-courses and challenges and community. So that is opening in July as well. Super exciting. Yes. Um, yeah, but I love a chat. I love um, getting on and chatting to everyone. So you can definitely come and find me on Instagram. I'm at Tash underscore Guthrie. Um, very chatty. Pop in, say hi, send me a DM. And I'm also on Facebook at Tash Guthrie. And you can also come and join my community, which is on Facebook, the Time Creator Community. Sensational. So thank you so much for the chat today, Tash. It's been great. And uh, look forward to seeing all the exciting developments that are coming for you and your business in the coming months. Thank you so much, Karina. It's been so great to chat and I look forward to continuing the conversation online. Sounds great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Working Mama podcast. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify or your favourite podcast catch-up. I invite you also to join the Working Mama community on Facebook and join in the conversation with other like-minded working mums. Please also feel free to contact me on any of the Working Mama social channels. Remember, Mama is M-U-M-M-A or website www.workingmama.com.au. I would appreciate you to share this podcast with friends and colleagues, especially those that are parents managing the juggle. And I would really appreciate if you had to take the time out to leave a review of the podcast. Thank you and see you next time. Have a great week. Thank you.